You're listening to The Above the Mug Show, a podcast that highlights people whose passions drive their life. My name is Lucas Spinoza, and I own a coffee shop. Every day I meet dozens of interesting people, and today I sit down with one of them to inspire you to live your life passion forward. What is going on, everybody? It's your friend Lucas Spinoza coming at you from my office inside of the Black Sheep Lounge right here in Welland, Ontario, and you are listening to Above the Mug, a podcast that highlights positive people, and we're here to show you how you can use your passions to drive your life forward. Today, joined by David Nordquist. This guy does many things. He's a YouTuber, a content creator, an actor, a producer at one point, I think you were, um, and also the owner of Mini Wargaming. Um, His channel has over 300,000 subscribers. He's an all-around amazing dude, employs a bunch of awesome people. We got a great team, and today he's sitting down with us. David, what in the hell is going on with you? <laughs> what an introduction! Wow, how do I how do I follow that up by uh, uh, saying that that's that's awesome? That's that's it. Actually, feels like we're doing a wrestling match, and like that's like the intro. That's it's pretty sweet. I love it. You know, I <laughs> I tried to do this off the top of my head. I never script these or rehearse them and sometimes it works out great sometimes it's the worst so i've only <laughs> i've only ever had to redo it one time if i stumble a little bit i just throw it in there because that's how we learn but um anyway very excited about having you on multiple thank you. reasons thank you one you got a really interesting business and a business in which a lot of people around the world understand but locally it's a little bit more um I should say it's a little less understood. So for anybody who's watching this that doesn't know what mini wargaming is, can you give them kind of like your elevator pitch of what it is that you guys do? Sure. Yeah, just picture playing board games on a tabletop and picture a couple people filming that board game. And that's what we do. Really it's <laughs> as simple as that. That was a really good a like really it? good uh, yeah. elevator pitch. Because when I go across the border, mm-hmm. I have to explain that, right? Because oh, what do you do? I do gaming. So I used to say that, but like what what do you mean gambling? Like no, 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 no. No, I'm not gambling. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, so I say I I I play board games. I record myself. I have a YouTube channel and we have a business kind of like Netflix only on a very small scale where people pay monthly subscription to see exclusive content. So cool. I think um and we won't do a deep dive into how YouTube's monetization has changed, but I think, and maybe you can comment better on this than I can, I think what it's done has pushed creators to be um, even more effective at delivering content, because if you're expecting people to subscribe to it and pay, even if it's a small amount through Patreon or something like two bucks a month, you know the people that are paying for that really do expect a certain consistency and a certain quality mm-hmm. of the product. Have you found that it's changed how you guys do business a little bit, how YouTube's monet- monetization has changed? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before, we were looking at that as a very hopeful way in which we could actually generate income and sustain ourselves. But after years of doing it, 12 years to be exact, it's, it supports one employee mm-hmm. out of the 10 that we have. Yep. So it's not enough to support us as a business. And so we, we had to start with our own, where we could actually uh, make money with our own subscription. And um, really, it, it's, we, we look at YouTube, and YouTube is an advertising platform because we put half of our content on YouTube, and that generates traffic to our website. So it's great. That's cool. So how does someone go from living an everyday life to playing board games and filming it for a living. How, like, how did you find out, was this a passion or a hobby first, and then you stumbled upon um, revenues after the fact, or was it something you're like, I want to do this for a living, and you just went after it? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of, it feels like it's serendipitous and accidental all at the same time, mm-hmm. because like, I didn't know that miniature wargaming, which is actually what it is. It's not technically board games, but I just say that to people who have never heard of miniature wargaming. Mm-hmm. 
it's it was 12 years ago. My my good friend Matt, uh, who was also my business partner, Matthew Glanfield, uh, he said, "Hey, hey, Dave." He called me up. He said, "Hey, Dave, do you want to play Lord of the Rings?" I'm like, "Sure." What's Lord of the Rings? That's a board game. Okay, cool. Let's play it. And so we played it, and and we had fun, right? And I had a landscaping business at the time, and he had an internet marketing business at the time. And I don't remember who came up with the idea to actually combine and to start a business with miniature wargaming, but uh, we decided that, and we were just going to make videos. We didn't know what we were going to do at first. We we're actually modeling flock. For mm -hmm. people who don't know what that is, it's fake grass that you put on the bases of these models. We thought that we would make this and manufacture this and sell mm -hmm. it, because we saw a tutorial online we thought it was really cool and it's made out of sawdust and his grandpa was a carpenter and so we went to his garage and this is all super random that's but so cool but it's all like that's that's the origin of it right like that's what we thought we were going to do we're just kind of organically growing from there making the youtube videos to drive traffic to our store that we had at the time online store so that's kind of what it was you were doing on both pretty well in tandem hoping that the content would help push what you were making that's right the grass that's right yeah. With, yeah. And then because I was a landscaper, I, I made trees and rocks and hills and buildings and miniature form of all this stuff. And because and I wasn't really a war gamer because mm -hmm. I had never heard of this before, before 12 years ago. Right. So you got into this without really knowing much about the game. Right. I knew nothing about the game. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really. something you and I, I think, have in common because same thing happened with me with the coffee shop. I opened without really knowing anything about coffee. I had just really, really just gotten into it. Like I was buying bags of coffee from Food Basics and I went to Winners and pot, bought like an $8 French press and I was doing it like that. And that's how I got my start. And that was like weeks before we opened. And that was the first time I'd ever made coffee. But we'd been building this place for two years prior without me ever making a coffee before. So I think it, it, it's kind of the same. I just, I was really passionate about the field. I really like cafes because I like talking to people. I like sitting down, I like drinking coffee, but I, I fell in love with coffee and got really good at coffee after the fact. Right. And I think it, it seems the same for you. You know, I, the thing I love about that is when I, cause I'm not a coffee drinker, but when I think of coffee, I think of you. Cool. Which is perfect, right? Yeah, it's Because great. it's like, are you the first to do it? No. Did you know much about it beforehand? As you no, said, no. No. But that's what I think of. I think of Lucas. I think of Black Sheep Lounge when I think of coffee. That's cool. Yeah. And that's, I guess, kind of what you want. If you really love something and you're working and building on something, it's not necessarily that you care if people know that you're good at it. It's just nice to know that people recognize you for, uh, you know, leading at least in your area or even wider than that, right? Like for yourself, it's an international platform. You have people I've met dozens of people that you've brought here, you know, that are down from, or I shouldn't say down, up from the States or they're overseas. And I'm like, I cannot believe these people paid $1,500 for a flight and then they're paying for accommodations and then they're paying to use your space. And then here they are in Welland having <laughs> breakfast. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. So, I mean, what you've got going on has a, a global reach. And I, I think it's really cool that you're able to make a living off of it. The, the, I don't want to use weird in a negative connotation, but anytime there's something that's, I'm just going to say weird mm -hmm. from a societal standpoint, and you're able to live your life and make money off that, I think it's the coolest thing. It's, again, it's not that you want to do it, but it's almost like a middle finger to expectation, <laughs> if, if that makes any sense. I totally understand. Like what I do is, is pretty standard. Owning a business is not an everyday thing. It's not what everybody does, but it's a lot more common than owning a business where you get to play. I mean, obviously mm. there's work, but at the same time, it's just such from an outside perspective, it's so much fun to watch what you guys do. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit because I think the most exciting thing when I was closer to when I first met you was you released a movie. 
Yes. And I remember when you screened it, I was like, I wasn't sure exactly what to expect, right? Because when you meet someone, they say, yeah, I'm an actor. Or I made a movie. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially because you're like, oh, yeah, people are going to be orcs and elves. And there's going to be all sorts of mythical creatures and effects. And I'm like, uh, and you're filming this in the short hills? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. But I watched it. One of the best movies I've ever seen. And I'm not just saying that. Thank you. Wow. Seeing that the... Not only the video and audio quality, which is very tough to do, when, especially when you're doing like almost like live action, right? Mm-hmm. But then also the storyline was amazing. So thank you for, again, people who aren't listening, what's the movie called and where can they find it if they wanted to watch it? So the movie is called The Ranger's Bloodstone. It's a fantasy film, as you said, mm-hmm. and it is based off of, well, I, I'm the main character in it. I, I play an elite King's Ranger, which is definitely an acting job. It's, it's nothing like I do in real life. I'm mm-hmm. not a fighter or anything like that. But uh, my, my daughter is captured by orcs, and I go on a quest to find her, kind of abandoning my um, responsibilities as a ranger mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the fantasy short hills. <laughs> and, and then I come across an elf who helps me along the way. I kind of reluctantly let her help me. And mm-hmm. There's outlanders, which are basically land pirates that I fight in addition to necromancers and, and orcs and, and all that. But the, the thing that I really wanted to do is make it as realistic as possible. Yeah. Right. It wasn't high fantasy and that there was like magic effects or anything. Any, any effect that was in the movie was all practical. Every hair mm-hmm. that you see was grown. People spend a year growing their hair for authenticity. Cause I thought if I, if I'm not going to win by the budget, I will win by the small details. Absolutely. Yeah. So where can people find it if they want to watch it? So they can find it on Vimeo. Vimeo, yeah. Yeah, they search for the Rangers Bloodstone on Vimeo. They can get, uh, they can rent it or download it. Very cool. Yeah. No, I, I think it's really awesome, um, especially because another thing that was impressive to me is where you screened it. So you did it at Rose City Kids, mm-hmm. which is another place that a lot of local people, um, unless they're in the programs, don't actually get to see that facility. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's a business that people don't know very much about and then a location that people don't know very much about and then you were able to bring both of those things together uh, and and make something amazing and it was just such a great experience pack the theater and you know a lot of the people on the cast were there and and you had opportunities for Q&A at the end mm-hmm. so I just I think it's just really really cool what you guys uh, what you guys are doing I guess now moving on you have opened a relatively large facility it's got retail on the front got a uh, lodging up top and then in the main floor slash basement you have filming and gaming studios yes so obviously from a business perspective brilliant because you're not putting all your eggs in one basket right you're giving opportunity to have money from different incomes or from different sources Mm -hmm. which is what you always need is some diversity but what do you have any future plans um for for growth is this like the end for you like this is your pinnacle are you planning on at some point expanding as demand grows yeah, there's def- it's not the end. Uh, mm-hmm. It's because it's it's actually hard to turn off. Like at nighttime, which I'm sure you understand, yeah. you're very similar. Uh, it's hard to sleep just because of the ideas. And like last night, I was up for three hours just lying in bed, just hard to turn it off, right? So it's definitely not the end. Uh, but right now, the immediate phase two plans are I'm going to build some escape rooms cool. in, in the same facility, mm-hmm. uh, which to my knowledge, there aren't any in Welland yet. Nope. No, there aren't any. Okay, so I'm... 
Yeah. There's I, very few in the region. I think there's less than five. I, I know, I think, all of them. I've been to most of them. I'm just trying to think. I don't think there's any more than five, and nothing's within a 20-minute drive. So Yeah, of Welland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm, I'll be doing that. I'll be basing it off of the game that we play. So people that come from afar that know the game will know the lore behind it. And people cool. that don't, they can still enjoy it because all escape rooms are themed to something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's cool because most escape rooms build their sets. And I'm sure to a certain extent you will be. Yes. But I know that you have an actual, like a real life dungeon in your basement, yeah. <laughs> which is horrifying, but makes it all the better. I think it's That's like right. a, a horror movie. You go into it knowing you're going to scare the crap out of yourself, but you enjoy it. It's the same thing as this. It's like, it's a pretty scary basement. If, yeah. if you weren't with me when you showed me, I think it'd probably be a lot more scary. <laughs> And I'm also working with Brock University, actually, um, cool. because I've, I have a couple interns now uh, that will be joining me in the fall that will help me with the design of the mechanics and the puzzles to make it modular so that one person can go through and enjoy it or 12 people can. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's the thing about escape rooms that I've noticed is that usually it's four to 10 people and one person escape rooms. I've seen them, but it's only a one person escape room. And I'll, I've also seen that in escape rooms, they are the same, so in order to have a good experience again, it almost has to be a different escape room. So I'm working on making it modular so that the puzzles and everything can be changed up so that Very you can cool. go to the same escape room three months later, and then you won't know how to solve it because it'll be different. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure logistically that's a nightmare to try and plan. But once it's in place, I'm sure it'll be, if you do set it up to be modular like that, you can actually just move them and you don't really have to know where they're going they can pretty well drop in place anywhere right yeah cool how is it having a family i know you've got fair and your and your kids what is that like are they it really involved in the business or is there like fair have another job or is this kind of like a a hybrid model everyone's helping everyone with everything well uh i mean at first uh, fair actually worked and supported me as i uh, built up the business with my business partner Uh, she's a, a nurse and so she worked at that but she doesn't work anymore uh, she does uh, part-time work. She volunteers at the school, cool, uh, at their school, and and they actually they're in some of the videos with me. Mostly the kids. Uh, she doesn't she doesn't like to be in the videos with me. She's a little camera shy, but that's okay. Uh, you, you're definitely super camera shy, aren't you? Oh yeah, just hundred <laughs> percent. I I hate the camera. I don't know? think I've ever seen a picture with you without being in a battle stance, like <laughs> teeth pointing and glaring. I love it. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I actually started a new series with my kids called Kid Hammer. Because Warhammer is the game, mm-hmm. and Kid Hammer is where I play the games with my kids and just teaching them the game and doing battles and having fun. So. That's really smart because I think that's a, I didn't know that. So that's a, I think it's a really cool idea for parents or people who are really in love with your world and, and the gaming side of things as they start to have families. Because I'm sure like your age bracket, a lot of people are either just having kids or they have very young kids, right? Mm-hmm. So they're able to you know teach them and bring them up. And watching these videos, they can see how you interact with young people and, and teach them because for myself, I'm 25. And, and if you were to try and explain this to me, I think it would take a few days <laughs> to like get the basics. And then, you know, cause there's so many intricacies to, to the world and the realms mm-hmm. and everything. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. I think that's uh, a brilliant thing. Do you, do you find that now having this new facility, um, what is the content creation process like? Has it changed significantly or is it more so just a little bit easier to uh, create videos? I find that the, content creation process for the most part has stayed the same the thing that has changed is we are able to delve into different types of entertainment for example before it was mostly just people come in they play a game with us and make a youtube video and then that that was that 
now, um, something that I've actually already started was an immersive campaign, mm -hmm. an immersive narrative campaign experience. And that's how I've uh, marketed as, and I'm actually basing it around Resident Evil. So in cool. this case, getting a familiar IP that people are, that a lot of people know, right? And then for our particular audience that play Warhammer, I'm using that rule set, but I'm using characters from Resident Evil in that world. And I'm making it so it's that, it's tabletop wargaming, it's a bit of role playing, and it's also, I want to call it immersive theatrics or, cool. or LARPing. Yeah. Right? So characters, people are in play when they're not on the battlefield rolling dice. The whole facility is actually in play. Every single room except for the bathrooms is in play. So every morning when they wake up in one of their hotel suites, they have a smart TV and there's a message from one of the characters. Oh, that's awesome. And the message could be something like, I put some supplies in locker number seven. The code is on the side of the vending machine. It'll help you in your mission today. Good luck. And so they do that's that. Amazing. They actually have to go through and do that in real life, figure that out, see what piece of war gear or item they get that they can attach to their character for the mission for that day. And then that adds to the experience as well, more than just playing in the game on the tabletop. That's awesome. I, I think for a lot of people who haven't been able to check out your accommodation uh, part of the facility yet, that was one of the most exciting, um, I guess, features of your building for me was that because you, you think about a hotel room, doesn't matter if you're paying 80 bucks for the night or 310 when you're in a big city. They all are kind of the same. Mm -hmm. Every hotel room, it's, you know, you've got a bed and cheap furniture and stupid art. And, and that's, seriously, I mean, that's it. And yeah. people spent a buttload of money on, I guess, curating these rooms, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, corporate offices have designers who come in and decide what they're going to look like. And with your place, how many rooms are there? There's five. There's five rooms. So obviously smaller than a hotel, but at the same time, each one of these rooms, the detail, each one's different and they're different worlds mm -hmm. and the, the detail is insane. I know your studios are, are the same level of detail and one of my favorite parts of the building process is that you did a lot of this with 3D printers. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure everyone's seen the, the big thing on, on Facebook, YouTube, everywhere right now online is building houses mm -hmm. with 3D printers, right? People are seeing those, but you don't think about other uses for it. Everyone thinks like more so building blocks and just mm -hmm. very basic and I guess um, just everyday shapes, circles, squares, rectangles, that kind of thing. Yeah. But they don't think gears and skulls and bullets <laughs> and axes. Right. I mean, you've done something so amazing where literally every lug nut in that place was 3D printed or hand sculpted and carved. Mm -hmm. And uh, the amount of time and effort that goes into doing something like, like that, I guess, is a, is a testament to how much you and your team care about the craft and, and the art of, of gaming. Because it's, it's not just, like you said, it's not a board game, so you're not able to just pull it out of a box and go. There's a lot of prep time and learning involved. So I think it's amazing. What does your team look like? Have you shifted gears a lot, a lot of the same people, or is it uh, a whole new team coming into this new facility? It's the same team. Same team? Same team. We have uh, four content producers. We have a non-staff painter, customer support, office manager. We have a studio manager. We have a couple video editors. And now we actually have uh, an event coordinator. I'll call it that. So you already it's, hired the person. Yeah, we hired somebody for the event hall. Because that must have been recently. I saw recent. you just posted looking for somebody yeah. like a week ago, right? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Cool. That's right. Uh, and so what they do is they're going to be 
running campaigns and games and events in the evenings and on weekends. Awesome. For guests to stay, so it adds value to their experience. And also people, local people can participate in the games. Awesome. Did you hire a social media coordinator at all? We've already had them. Because it, it seems different recently. Like um, maybe, I don't know if it's the theme that you guys are, are doing or whatever you're focusing on with social media, unless it's just I'm watching more intently than I used to. I don't know. But it's just so easy and crisp to follow along with what you guys are doing. I don't know. Again, it might be just me watching for it more often, but it just seems like really the game has been stepped up in social media. I don't know. It, it definitely has. And it's certainly been a lot easier with the bunker, mm-hmm. with the facility, just because good lighting, <laughs> there's good lighting everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, there isn't this ugly warehouse where we used to have and do things out of, we didn't want to take pictures there, but now any room you take a picture in is fine. I'm going to see if I can kill this thing. Anyone who's watching, there is a <laughs> bastard of a fly that's eating my head alive, <laughs> and it's right on my mic stand. So uh, don't get scared, anyone who's listening. I'm probably going to miss it anyway. I hope it's not my coffee. I don't know if I killed it, but it definitely doesn't like me anymore. So good. It looked like it went down. I think I got it. All right. That was impressive. Thank you. You know what? I saw Barack Obama kill a fly in an interview one time. I'm like, okay, that, that was the most badass thing I've ever seen. So, <laughs> Barack, you're next, baby. <laughs> I'm watching. All right. I, I'm so <laughs> distracted by this stupid thing. Um, no, great. So I, I think this is amazing what, what you've been able to put together. Um, I know you have a, a, a huge team and, and a family supporting you. I just want to know, like, what does a day in your head feel like? Because when I, when I watch the stuff that you do, like people say that I'm busy. People that know me or see me at the shop, they're like, how are you able to do this if you're doing this and this? I'm like, honestly, to me, it's really simple. Time management, organizational skills. If you've got that and a good support team, you can pretty much accomplish anything. But then myself and people like me look at people like you and think, okay, no, that's crazy. Like whatever, whatever the hell he's trying to do in his day, I don't know how you keep up with it. Do you find it overwhelming or are you just always ready and yeah, I, it's, it's funny because I, I look at it more as like, uh, it, there aren't, I guess there aren't enough hours in the day, right? Like if I didn't have to sleep. I sometimes wish I was an insomniac so that I didn't have to sleep, but it probably doesn't work that way. You probably have no energy and stuff like that. But uh, I used to think that before. But uh, <laughs> now it, it's like, I just want, it's always, there's always a project or multiple projects on the go mm-hmm. at the same time. And there's this never ending hunger that, is constantly there to achieve these cool things, I guess you could say, right? Like uh, in, on the side, in addition to the bunker and the business, I'm doing, I'm doing a children's book and I'm writing an autobiography. Cool. And so it's a second children's book. I already made one a few years ago uh, when my daughter was in kindergarten, which is like five or six years ago. And so this is the second one because now my third son, yeah. right? So he, th- my kids are characters in the book, right? So now my, my youngest son, he's a, also a character in the second book. And I also had this thought a few months ago to, to write an actual book. Uh, but by the way, side note, writing a children's <laughs> book really teaches you grammar and punctuation because if you get that stuff wrong, th- that's the sad Right. Yeah. So like, so like I, I had to like really like uh, brush up and all that stuff. I so love it. It is good. It's a good exercise to do that. But uh, yeah, I, I just had this idea to, to write a book and kind of write my journey from 12 years ago up until now. And by the time I'm finished the book, it'll probably be a year or so from now and more would have happened since. And I think that there was a lot of people in my position that 
are wanting something similar that they could uh, maybe, you know, possibly be inspired. That's uh, awesome. And, yeah. Uh, because, I mean, myself, I don't look at myself as uh, a, a really smart guy. I'm not. I, I don't think of that, right? I just think I, I'm a guy who has the will to get stuff done. That, Absolutely. That's my strongest thing, right? Like, I'm, am I good with computers? Not especially, right? It's kind of normal. My computers, uh, you know, talking, speaking, it actually, this is, this is comfortable, but in front of a camera, it's, I have to do something weird where it's almost like I'm doing an acting job. You are, you're playing a character. I'm playing a character, yeah. right? And so when I'm, when I'm saying things, it's completely not what I'd be saying if it was me, right? And I, I kind of just organically grew into that. Uh, and uh, there's, there's, there's certain skills, like my business partner, Matt, you look at him and you talk to him for 30 seconds. You're like, okay, that guy is really smart. Okay. That guy's <laughs> yeah, a genius. Yeah. That guy's good with numbers. He's really intelligent. I can trust him no matter what he says. It's probably right because that, that's, he's just, he's really smart guy. And you can totally see that. And I think it, here's the thing. This is kind of a bit of a joke. It's like, is it the smart guy who is the smart guy or the guy who partners with the smart guy who is actually the smart guy? So, <laughs> <laughs> and so like, that's how I look at it, right? Because I'm, I'm the guy who partnered with the smart guy. So That's awesome. Uh, and, and well, so, you have to know your strengths, right? Yeah. I mean, last week, Ricky, um, who owns Press Time Design, he said the same thing. He's like, one of his, uh, one of his main buddies, the guy that's been at the, the shop the longest, he's the brains. Ricky's the heart, and he said that his wife is the balls. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so know, awesome. knowing where everyone stands and what everyone's yeah. role is is very important, and I think that's how you grow faster is when you know exactly what your role is. Me trying to play the smart guy is the same thing. You know, I, I'm someone that if I have an idea, I'm going to go after it, and, and I'll figure it out. Yeah. I don't think it's because I'm naturally smart. I just think I'm naturally willing to work for it. You got the that will makes any sense. to make yeah. it happen, yeah. Yeah. But not that I want to cut this short, but we're uh, already wrapping it, uh, wrapping up on our time here. So one last thing, because this is something I've been curious about. What is it that, and it's probably difficult, but what's your favorite thing about what you do? Is it the video making? Is it writing books? Is it uh, actually playing the game or building uh, the universe? What, what is it exactly that you, if you had to pick one thing, what's your favorite thing? What do you look forward to doing? It's, it's hands down the people. When they yeah. come in and they, they just say, oh, you know, this is, this is awesome. One of the best is, Dave, uh, I'm so glad that you, you made this stuff that my kids can watch and that we could actually spend time with doing this together. Like that's, that's kind of, that's the priceless stuff that I never would have expected doing when I first started it, right? Amazing. Yeah. So that, that hands down to people, 100%. Where can people find what you do? YouTube, Mini Wargaming. Search for Mini Wargaming on YouTube or Facebook, Mini Wargaming. Or awesome. in Instagram, any wargaming. Just and in one year, wargaming. buy the book. <laughs> one year, buy the book. That's buy the book. <laughs> I love it. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us today on Above the Mug. I'm joined by David Nordquist. Uh, I already listed the enormously long list of things that he does, but now we can add author to that list. Go check them out. They're on every social media platform you can think of. If you like their stuff, give them some money because they deserve it. And if you don't support things that you love, the, no one's going to support you. So <laughs> get out there and do it. Thanks for listening to Above the Mug, and I will see you guys next week. Hey friend, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Above the Mug. For more episodes, check us out at AboveTheMug.com. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, review, comment, tag your friends. This way you're not the only person listening to this thing. We come up with a brand new podcast every Sunday at noon, so we'll see you next week on Above the Mug. Above the Mug.